0: And joining us now on Voices of Wrestling is Steve Tortorello. He is the promoter of Warrior Wrestling, showing up uh, Friday, May 11th at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights, Illinois, in my neck of the woods here. Uh, and interestingly enough, and we'll get to this here in a little bit, you are principal of Marion Catholic High School, correct? That's correct. You're a principal and a wrestling promoter. That is a unique. Yes. I think that might be a first. I don't know if any other uh, wrestling promoter in history is also a principal of a high school.
1: Yep let alone a Catholic. Anybody else is out there listening. and <laughs> right, right. Somebody, somebody, yeah, Please connect me to them because we'd have a rare connection of unique interests. So
0: yeah, you need to find that other person. That's the principal of a Catholic high school and also a wrestling promoter. But Steve uh, got warrior wrestling coming up Friday, May 11th for people that uh, are not aware. Warrior, warrior wrestling.net was where I can go to purchase tickets uh, and get all the info. That's warrior wrestling.net. Uh, prices uh, for this uh, show, $25 for general admission. Uh, bleacher seats, 75 for first row ringside seats, uh, Bell time, 730. Uh, you have doors opening at 630. You also have a VIP fan fest taking place before the show, uh, starting at 545. And you're going to look at those ticket prices and go, oh, that's a little much. But uh, then you're going to read the card, and you're going to go, oh, wait, that is a steal. I am uh, definitely uh, in for that. Uh, this is the card here real quick. You got Space Monkey and Shane Saber versus Mark Wheeler and Kobe Durst. Uh, Deanna Perazu and Chelsea Green. Uh, NWA heavyweight champion Nick Aldis is going to be facing Sam Adonis, you got Robbie E and OVE, Ohio versus everything versus Pat Monix, Matt Nix, and Stevie Fierce, Tessa Blanchard, Santana Garrett, and yes, there are more, and this is great. Uh, Moose versus Brian Cage. Uh, in a match that's, that sure is to get some uh, uh, definitely some uh, some news for you. James Ellsworth versus the artist formerly known as Hornswoggle, with special guest referee Frank Correct. the Clown, El Helio del Dos Caras versus El Helio del Fantasma, Ray Phoenix, Penta l Zero versus Matt Seidel and DJ Z, and then the main event, Alberto El Patron with Ricardo Rodriguez. That's an important factor there with Ricardo Rodriguez uh, versus yep. the uh, formerly known as Jack Swagger. So Steve, that is a hell of a card, uh, especially for your first time out, how has the process been of trying to get this all together? Because that's a lot of names, top to bottom.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's really surprising how easily it's all come together. Uh, we set out when we started putting this together in early January, and we wanted to build a card that had a little bit of everything. Right? We wanted an authentic Lucha Libre match, we wanted an NWA match, we wanted a WWE style main event, we wanted a big power guys match, we wanted an indie wrestling dream match, we wanted a fun family match, we wanted the best women's matches we could book outside of WWE, we wanted some fun high energy tag matches. And so it really, once the dominoes started to fall and the first key people started to come on board. After that, it really progressed and built up pretty quickly. I'd say by maybe three weeks into the process, we had 95% of the card already ironed out, just waiting on a few people to clear up some dates.
0: Yeah, and for people that have never, you know, obviously put together a wrestling show, which is, you know, the majority of us, probably 99% of people listen to this. Like, how does that process sort of work? So you're starting out from nothing. This is your first show that you've ever promoted. And and Mm -hmm. it's a fundraiser for the school as well. I think we should mention that, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and that's another reason why the ticket prices might be a little bit higher than you normally see. Every dollar from every ticket, every dollar from every beer, every raffle ticket, slice of pizza, every single dollar goes to help scholarships for a kid. So it's all for a good cause.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so obviously you're starting from square one, you know, and, and for the process, like, how does it even start like that? The, the overwhelming, like you obviously have this, you have this incredible card all set up to go in just a few weeks here. Like, how does that, who, who, how do you even make that first call? Like, how do you even jump into that for people that have never done it? And, and you don't come from wrestling promoter background too. We'll get to your, into your background here a little bit, but as sure. far as like deciding, okay, I'm going to do this event. This is what we're going to do. How the hell do you even start this? Like, I feel like that'd be such a daunting task that I just wouldn't even ever, you know, think to do it ever.
1: Yeah. So I actually originally built uh, out of, an idea in the fall and I thought about doing it independently from the school and kind of doing it on my own. And then I had friends and family who I was talking to and they're like, you got to do this with the school as a fundraiser for the school. And I, you know, I reflected on it. And I was like, oh, they're absolutely correct. So I first, I took all the ideas that I was kind of bubbling on my own and brought those to the president of our school. And I was like, look, I've got a crazy idea to pitch to you. Can you give me an hour at some point? And I put together a 22 slide PowerPoint <laughs> to pitch to him. All right, I wanna do a promoter wrestling show in school. It'll be family friendly, it'll make money for the kids. And I put this whole pitch together for He's like, this, this is awesome, let's do it. So I was like, you know, but I have 15, you know, 17 slides left or whatever I had left. Um, so but he was very supportive from the, the moment go. And really, it was a whole lot of homework. And then a, just a whirlwind of things coming together. So we did a lot of researching ring rentals, production, insurance, um, who's available, all those things. And then it was just a flurry of really reaching out to people via social media. Mm-hmm. The first place to start was Twitter. A lot of independent guys have their booking information on Twitter. And from there, I was connected to other guys. So a few guys would jump in and they'd say, hey, do you know so-and-so? And they'd connect me. And even though we were starting from nothing, if one wrestler vouched for you to another guy, he'd take your call or he'd take your email. And right. that's really what I needed to do to get my foot in the door. And initially, there were a whole lot of people who didn't respond because we didn't have a reputation. Nobody knew who we were. We were if We were fly by night if we were going to be another show that pops up and then collapses before it happens. So really, the most important thing was getting that first group of guys in the door and then them vouching for me to other guys.
0: Yeah. And that was actually going to be my next question is, is, is how, you know, we, we, we see that all the time with, when, when, and, you know, famously last year, I don't know if you're familiar with Canuck pro came up, you know, just sprouted out with this, like, amazing and everybody was like what the <laughs> hell, who is this company? What the hell? And then it all found out to just be a ruse. And like, we don't even know what the hell, I don't even know if that story ever got solved of what was going on there. So did you have a lot of wrestlers that were weary of, of, okay, who, I, I don't know who you are. Who, who's this guy that's, you know, in my DMs with this new company or whatever. Did you get a lot of blowback? You said there were quite a few. Did those people just flat out not respond or did you get Responses and, and, and people might have been like, hey, you know, I, I don't fully trust this quite yet. And, and how many of those people that didn't respond or, 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 you know, didn't trust you right away, then sort of over time decided, oh, okay, you seem to be actually have this thing together. You're a real human being and not just some guy that's, you know, you know, blowing smoke up of a bunch of people. Uh, how, like, yeah. how many of those people were that? Or was it a pretty big, you know, conversion rate in that sense?
1: Um, yeah, and I'd say it was a combination of both. There were some people who just flat out didn't respond. And then some people who said something to the effect of like, Hey, I've never heard of you, never heard of a company. Um, so I'm not comfortable sharing booking information, travel information, et cetera, until I know more about you. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Once I got some key pieces in place, going back to some of the people who hadn't responded yet, but I really wanted on the show going back and saying, Hey, I have just booked so and so and so and so I'd like you to work this match all of a sudden response in an hour. So I think, which I understand completely, you know, I totally get that, you know, it comes out of nowhere, they're fearful of something like a Canuck Pro happening again, and it just takes somebody testing the waters with their foot and saying, hey, no, this is legit. You know, they've booked my travel, they've gone through my agent, it's it's good to go. And then once you've got that credibility, people came back to the table and and it was from then on, it just kind of fell together really quickly.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that, that meeting that you had with your the principal and and sort of or no the the president rather and and yeah. trying to kind of pitch this. So you said you had like twenty two slides ready. Did you fully expect when it was all said and done that the answer is going to be like you're out of your mind? <laughs> like what are you talking about? Get out of my office? Or did you think that maybe you would convince him after these twenty two slides? Like did you go in pretty confident or were you definitely a little reserved in terms of of, of your expectations?
1: I went in confident that we'd get a thumbs up on something. And I thought it might be a thumbs up on a significantly smaller scale than the thumbs up that we ended up getting. And what's awesome about uh, Vince Kridinsky's his name. He's the president of Marian Catholic. And so yeah, so I run the school as principal as president. He runs the whole organization, like alumni fundraising, mm-hmm. the whole shebang. So he's the top guy. And what's phenomenal about him is that he if there's an idea that has a has merit to it, he's all about trying it and trying it several times to see if it works and you can work it out. And so, he wanted to do go big or go home, and so I actually I expected getting thumbs up on a much smaller scale because I prepared a full budget of, of everything, all, everything included from you know insurance, security, concessions, printing, marketing, advertising, ring rental, production, travel, booking, all that stuff. So I had a full budget included in my presentation, and I, and I fully expected him to say great, but do this at. 75% less than you were planning. Right. He right. At the, <laughs> yeah. You know, which I was I was ready for. But he looked at the whole thing and he said, Do it. Do it the absolute best you can possibly do it and let's make it a success. And so that's why we've been blessed with the ability to have all these incredible names on the card, because you know, the president said, I believe in it. Let's not do anything halfway. Let's go all the way. And if you're gonna Host a wrestling show at our school. A, it's got to be family friendly, which I pitched from the beginning. And B, it's got to be the absolute best you can possibly do. Don't do anything halfway. And I said, you got it, boss. And so here we are with this card.
0: Yeah. So, as far as like, you know, we, we talked about how you you mentioned the, the litany of things you have to do when you're trying to book a show, you know, in terms of travel, insurance, and concessions, and all that sort of stuff. How, how have you been kind of juggling that with with your normal day job? Like, you know, obviously being principal of a school, I'm sure, you know, to have a ton of free time. And, and like, you know what I mean? Like, so has it just been like the minute you come home from work, this has been all you do, or is this something you cram in on weekends, or, or how do you even tackle that? Because like, I, you know, doing this podcast and, and my normal job is like already enough where I get annoyed and, sure. and I'm like, oh, geez, I have no free time. I can't imagine trying to book a show on this scale while also being the principal of like a pretty prominent high school. Like that's got to be that got to be nuts. Kind of that balancing act.
1: Yeah, and you know what? it really goes in in fits and spurts. So the first initial burst, it spent the fall really kind of building up and doing a lot of my homework. And then once I got the green light, it was over school's Christmas break, and it was kind of a dead week. And so I could spend a ton of time over the course of a week reaching out to 130 different wrestlers and juggling schedules and things like that. And then once all the wrestlers are booked, it kind of lies dormant for a while. And I do a little bit here and there. And then once we hit spring break, I did the next big wave of 20 hours of work in two days as far as reaching out and lining things up, et cetera. So it really comes in fits and spurts. But this is also, for me, this is a passion. You know what I mean? So, it's, so even if it wasn't a big, huge thing to help the school, it's something that I love doing. It's a huge adventure for me. So this is, you know, when my wife's asleep after 10 o'clock, this is a thing <laughs> I'm fiddling with from 10 to midnight, you know? Um, so it is, it's never a burden because it's something that I care very deeply about and want to do really well. So it's a combination of late nights when I can fit it in around the rest of my life, plus fits and spurts when school's in a slow period. Uh,
0: and the name warrior wrestling, like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty local to the area, so I'm aware of it, but, uh, you know, for, for people that might not know, or people that aren't aware of Marian Catholic, uh, where does the name warrior wrestling then come from?
1: So it kind of came out of thin air. We kicked around tying it together with the school mascot the schools, the Spartans. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a whole lot of other Spartan wrestling things out there for various schools, high schools, colleges, et cetera. And a group of us really just went back and forth on a variety of different names. And we wanted something that was universal. We didn't want South Suburban Chicago wrestling or Chicago Heights wrestling. We wanted something, uh, you know, like a Chikara or like a PWG, something that didn't, have a regional tinge to it and that could harken in some way to the idea of Spartans and warriors, you know, like our school. And so we kicked around warrior wrestling and while we were doing that, somebody was like, all right, there has to be a prominent warrior wrestling indie fed. And we spent a lot of time looking it up and we couldn't find a darn thing. And we went, well, now there is, and we're warrior wrestling.
0: That's awesome. So I mentioned here a uh, little bit of a uh, background here. Friday, May 11th, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Warrior Wrestling uh, from Marion Catholic High School. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going back and forth, but WarriorWrestling.net uh, for, of course, if you want tickets for that. Uh, let's get into a little bit of your background now as a wrestling fan and how you got this crazy insane idea to decide sure. to book a wrestling show. I, I'm glad you're doing it. I'm going to go and I'm going to have entertainment. And I'm glad that you're the one going through all the stress. That's that's why i have always because <laughs> people are always like, oh, you should book shows. They're like, oh, you're a fan. You I'm like, I, I never in a million years am I going to do that because that sounds the most stressful thing in the world, but I am glad uh, as all hell that there are people like you that are, that are definitely willing <laughs> to do it. But, uh, so obviously, you, 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 you're you a wrestling fan, right? This is, didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, you're obviously looking at the show. Where, um, where'd you kind of wrestling fandom begin and how did it sort of evolve to this point now where it is, you know, you're booking your own show?
1: Sure, great question. So uh, I'm in my 30s and like anybody who's my age, I grew up in the Hulkamania era. So, right, so I had my wrestling buddies, I had all the action figures, I had punching action, Jake the Snake and body slam action, Hulk Hogan and the ring and everything. And so I was a big fan, late 80s, early 90s. Then I fell out of it. And a couple of my buddies, uh, I used to tease my buddies who still followed it throughout the 90s, like, this is so dumb, it's so cheesy, it's so fake, how do you still watch this? And I annoyed them so much that we were camping in my one buddy's backyard. It was summer of 98. And I was bugging them so much while we were camping in the tents in the backyard, two brothers of mine who were buddies were like, all right, we're going inside, we're showing you the pay-per-view from last week, and we're going to shut you up. And they showed me Hell in a Cell 98. Mick Foley and The Undertaker. Oh wow. And from that moment, I was like, I'm so sorry. I've been wrong about everything I've said the last several years. And it just immediately pulled me back in. And I became, my fandom soon eclipsed theirs and then just kind of took off running. So much so that late 90s, early 2000s, we went to everything that came to town. WWF, WCW, ECW. Went to a whole bunch of local indie shows. So we always went to uh, the Lunatic Wrestling Federation, LWF. So we saw a very young CM Punk in a, you know, ladders match with Vic Capri and in a variety of other matches with guys. And then, uh, ended up going to school. And after school, I did a program called the Alliance for Catholic Education or the ACE program, it's like Teach for America, but in Catholic schools. And I was sent to East LA. And so I lived and worked in a small Catholic school in East LA. While all the kids I taught at Our Lady of Lords loved wrestling. And sure enough, one kid's dad at like parent teacher conferences, they knew I, I loved wrestling. And they're like, you want to go to Lucha Libre with us this weekend? I said, absolutely. And so I went with a bunch of kids I taught in seventh grade and their parents to my first super authentic Lucha Libre show, which was in a mechanics garage in East LA. Like, you know, they cleared out all the bays of the garage and set up a ring in the middle, and 400 people packed the room. I'm the only gringo in the whole place. And it's awesome, it's amazing. And so we'd go to a ton of WWE out there, and then I got turned down to PWG. And so I started going up to Reseda for PWG shows by myself. And, you know, not to sound like a hipster, but like I was going to PWG before it was cool. Or it was still really cool, but it wasn't insane at that point. And you didn't have to buy a ticket in 10 seconds. Um, so all of this, I was constantly involved with in wrestling. Also, when I was in college, my senior year, I'd done some internships in TV production. I actually applied for a job on WWE's creative department, went through a long process, made it to being a finalist to be on the WWE creative team coming out of college, Ultimately, didn't get offered the position, but met a lot of people kind of up and down through the HR department there through that process. So all through, I mean, I even, I wrote my honors thesis in college on the history of pro wrestling, World War II to the present, and just kind of tied it into all various cultural trends and things. I was an American studies major. So from the time I saw that Hell in a Cell match in 98, for the rest of my life, I was doing wrestling on the weekends. You know, I also trained as well. I forgot to mention this. I was when I was out in LA. I trained in a wrestling school for a little promotion called Mach 1 Wrestling. Joey Ryan was my teacher. So everybody knows Joey Ryan. He you know, taught me how to throw a headlock and taught me how to run the ropes. And I did five, six months training there under Joey Ryan and Johnny Goodtime. So I made my way back to Chicago in 20, uh, 2010. Just been going to indie shows like crazy ever since, everything that comes through. And really, I've kind of had in the back of my mind for years, you know, you got to do this at some point. And finally, something in the last year bit me and said, let's do it. So I apologize for the, the long-winded story, but that's kind of my background from Hulkamania up until this week.
0: No, and I think that's that's an important one, too, because I think any time you, you, know, you have, uh, especially an indie promoter, people want to know that, like, uh, for, for particular, and I know a lot of the fan base that listens to our show would, would if you just watched WBF or you would just watch Hulk Hogan and, and that you kind of fell out from there, people would say, oh, well, geez, you know, he's booking all these guys, but, you know, that's sort of his, his scope. But to know that you were a PWG guy, to know that you were watching, you know, yeah. Independence for, for, for many, many years, people know that you're of that Independence scene. So I think that it's important to sort of weave that in and out, and, and, and I think that's important, especially when you're booking an independent show. To say hey, no! I have my, you know, I, I understand what's going on in the indies. I understand sort of the the, the lay of the land or whatever, because it adds credibility to it too. So no, I think that was absolutely uh, you, you know a, a great answer. And yeah, so as far as you know, you mentioned that you, you came up through the whole Hogan era. You've seen you know different guys uh, here and there and throughout the the, the era. Who's some of your favorites? Like maybe maybe all time favorites? You know, as you were growing up, and then who are some of your favorites? Uh, you know, in today's uh, independent scene, whether it be Chicago or or just across the uh, across the world.
1: Absolutely. So I'd say all time favorites um gosh probably Shawn michaels and and kurt angle stand out those are the two guys that i uh, depicted in our basement wrestling league in the late 90s early 2000s um uh, yeah, everybody I had one of
0: those yeah I got, oh, of course i had a great one mine mine was incredible dude the basement
1: wrestling league between me and my friends but yeah it's oh, We're yeah. it, in it all starts unfortunately absolutely and you know i was just having dinner with a couple of my buddies from that era a couple nights ago we were looking back and like oh my god what this was insane. We could have broken somebody's neck. We put Robbie through a coffee table. What were we thinking? <laughs> right. Yeah, we were, doing, we were doing a lot of pile drivers from like high points of art.
0: But, you know, hey, oh if you're on a mattress, yeah. your neck can't break, right?
1: <laughs> no, we had ladder matches in the basement. So like they took out the ti- ceiling tiles of the basement and like put the belt like up in the ceiling. Oh, above that's a really the bad other, idea. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, my one buddy's cousin, Johnny, did a jumping her can off the ladder and then threw my buddy Conrad into a dryer that severely dented his parents' dryer. And we're like, oh, man, what do we do? Matches <laughs> has got to go on. The dryer's a casualty of war. So um, anyway, so I'd say all-timers, probably Michael's and angle, and uh, those are the guys I portrayed in the, the, the basement wrestling league. Current scene, I mean, Pentagon just stands out to me. The first time I ever saw Pentagon... On screen, I was just wowed. Uh, Then I've seen him live in a variety of indies. So thrilled to book Pentagon and Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix is unbelievable. Um, Those guys stand out. Matt Riddle, I think, is something special. He could be a WrestleMania main eventer. Um, Obviously not an indie guy anymore, but Kenny Omega. First time I saw Kenny Omega was actually the first PWG show I ever went to. And Kenny was facing, I think, Roderick Strong. And I wrote a a review for that show that I submitted to ProWrestling.net. And I wrote in that review... I have no idea who this Kenny Omega guy is, but I think he might be the best wrestler I've ever there seen. There you go. Like, you <laughs> by me? You know, uh, everybody knows that now, you know what I mean? But he's just, from that match in PWG on, you just knew that that guy could fly. He was unbelievable. So Kenny, uh, Pentagon are my favorites. DJ Z, I think, is highly underrated. I was thrilled to book DJ Z on this show. He is due for a breakout in Impact or elsewhere because I think he's got great talent, great charisma. Sabre, obviously, is unbelievable. He has been for forever. He had the big run the last couple months in New Japan that kind of woke everybody else up who didn't know that Sabre was that good. Um, I mean, some of the, Stevie Fierce, if you don't know who Stevie Fierce is, he wrestles locally. He has got it. He has got whatever charisma is, he's got it and then, and then some. Another one like that is Tessa Blanchard. First time I saw Tessa Blanchard in person was at a Shimmer show about a year ago. And I was watching Tessa Blanchard wrestle a tag match while carrying on an argument with a little girl in the third row at the same time. And I just, that's a moment you just go, whatever working the crowd is, whatever feeling out an audience is, she has it. She gets it. She's a natural. So I'm thrilled to have Tessa on the show. Um, Brian Cage as well. I mean, Cage is so freakishly talented. You know, I saw him for the first time in PWG. And from that moment, it was like, all right, mental note. If I ever have a wrestling promotion, we're getting this guy. Uh, not only his size and his strength, his agility, the matches that he works. Um, you know, Space Monkey. I, You know, the first time I heard of Space Monkey, I thought, oh, great. This is this is, a, this is a gimmick. This is something. And then I saw Space Monkey live at a Chikara show and went, man, this guy gets it. He, he gets 100% how to make this gimmick work for an audience. And I've now seen him in, gosh, a half dozen shows since then. And he absolutely just kills it. So there's so many guys that are my favorites that I'm thrilled to have on this show. And I'm not just saying that because they're on my show. I mean, I wanted them on my show because they're my favorites because I think they're really good at the craft, and I think putting them on a show just increases the quality of what you're going to see. So a lot of all-time favorites there, a lot of guys to answer with. Again, sorry if that was uh, quite, a, quite a long answer, but it's the truth. There's There's so much that excites me in indie wrestling now that WWE following that – is exciting from time to time, but generally it's just something you do to keep up with knowing what's going on with the world. My passion's New Japan and Indies. And that's where it's at right now.
0: Yeah, no, no, and I think like when you when you book as many guys as you do, it's like hard not to have favorites on your show. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. you're saying, oh, this guy's my favorite, and I was glad to book. I mean, it, it's a loaded card, so you're going to have a lot of your favorites on there. So that's that's definitely one thing. I think well, one thing that's really interesting about the booking of the show, and I guess it kind of speaks to to the town as well. And for people that that aren't local and that aren't aware of Chicago Heights, it's a very diverse community. It's it's yes. it's I don't know that it's necessarily one majority of. it. I think it's it's like if, if I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but just sure. knowing the community a little bit, it's like 30% white, 30% black, 30% Hispanic like it's a very diverse community and i think your card sort of reflects it as well and, and and you sort of mentioned that at the top as well of getting an authentic lucha libre match and how important that was and we see it with yep. El Patrone well, patron on top and and doing some stuff but i think that's a pretty interesting thing that you 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 sort of decided hey you know i could do i could do just a normal indie show and 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 that'd be fine but you really wanted to get a lot of you know your Pentagon's your Phoenixes, a lot of the Hispanic community that, and the Lucha Libre wrestlers that, that people could really uh, you know sink their teeth into especially locally uh, you know what was was that kind of the thought process that you had behind booking so many of those guys absolutely
1: what we're going for is not as I told people from the start we have four audiences that we're shooting for number one is indie wrestling fans dudes like me and you who will go watch you know Davey Richards and Matt Riddle tear it down in Bourbon Street number two Families that like WWE and would consider a a local, cheaper option with WWE stars that they know. Number three, Hispanic audiences. Absolutely. Authentic Lucha Libre, Fantasma and Dos Caras, Pentagon and Phoenix, Alberto and Ricardo. Um, They're our third audience. Our fourth audience is constituents of the school. You know, the kind of people who come to any Marian event to help the kids and help the school. And if it's a golf outing, great. If it's a black tie affair, great. If it's a wrestling event, great. So all four of those audiences is who I was going for. And a big chunk of that was the Hispanic community in the Heights. And as I said earlier, you know, I really fell in love with the Lucha Libre scene out East LA. And so for me, it's part of my dream card as well, but it also plays perfectly to who's in the Heights and who will come see a show. And I can say, you know, I've had tons and tons and tons of tickets sold sold from families who are Hispanic. And I've had tons of questions. My Google translator has been working overdrive the last three weeks as I'm going back and forth with Spanish to English. Asking some of our Spanish teachers to help me out and make sure I'm answering people's questions correctly. So, no, that's a big part of what we built.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the other interesting things too, and we sort of alluded to it at the top, is is, is the relationship between you know you're a principal at, at a high school, and that's that's one thing, but you're the principal at a Catholic high school as well, and that the show is is intended to be family friendly or whatnot. Have you gotten any sort of pushback from anybody in the community saying, hey, look, you're you're the principal of a Catholic school, and this is pro wrestling. A pro wrestling is this. A pro wrestling is that. Have have you reached any of that, or if you know have you dealt with that in your in your history too? Because obviously, you know, you know, reaching the point of being the principal and being such a big wrestling fan, if people brought it up to you, well, geez, how can you, you know be in in one hand, you know, represent, you know, a Catholic institution, but then also love pro wrestling. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm from the standpoint, I understand that wrestling's not this evil, terrible thing or whatever, but I can see that a lot of people from the outside would look at it and go, Ooh, geez, that doesn't really align with, with, you know, the religious experience or, or, you know, a Catholic institution or whatnot. Have you had any issues, you know, in, in booking, you know, warrior wrestling or, or just in general in your life of, of people sort of wondering how you can be both. Like, it seems like you can't be both, but you obviously are.
1: Sure. No, great question. Um, yeah, we've had a couple, I mean, only a couple of people have reached out and say, oh gosh, is this going to be appropriate for the school? I'm not sure. And, and generally I've responded with the same things that our president and I talked about at the start, which is Knights of Columbus Halls and Catholic schools all across the country host indie wrestling. That's not by any means out of character for a Catholic institution to do. And also our show is going to be explicitly and purposefully family friendly. says that on all the posters, says it on the website. So no blood, no cussing, no overt sexuality, none of the things that might be associated with late 90s attitude era WWF. And, and so we just kind of told people, we, we've used it as a tool to, or an opportunity to educate people, to say, well, you, know, you might think wrestling is only X, but in reality, wrestling can be a lot of different things. Just like you might think, well, all movies are bad or all rock and roll music is bad. Well, it really depends on what's being said and what's being done and the, what's the content that's being communicated through the medium. And I've shared with people stories about, you know, the difference between Chikara and, you know, GCW or, you know, um, know, any of the the Blood and Guts promotions. And so that there's all different types of wrestling, just like there's all different types of movies or music. And wrestling can be family friendly and, and just, you know, jive perfectly with the community and the feel of the school. So it's been a couple of people who are concerned. We try to explain it politely and professionally like that. And then usually they're like, all right, or, you know, to each his own. I still don't like it, but... I'm not mad about it. We've not really had anybody particularly heated. And as far as me in my life, it's something I've I've always had people give me shocked looks when somehow wrestling comes up and they're like, really, you're a wrestling fan? (laughs) And I immediately like, absolutely, and here's why. And then well, I go nor, nor normal training.
0: people get that, let alone the principal. <laughs> like, I yeah. get that. Like, wait, you're an adult and you like wrestling? And like, I can't imagine you getting that when, you know, at, at a position of authority in a you know,
1: religious <laughs> institution. It's got to be nuts. You know what's crazy, though? It opens so many doors as well. I remember having a lunch uh, a couple of years ago with our band director, who's a legendary legend in like the field of uh, marching band and concert band. He's like the guy literally in the country. And somehow somebody was razzing me at lunch about uh, wrestling. And he was like, oh, I grew up watching Vern Gagne and The Crusher and The Bruiser. And, and all of a sudden, it opens a door of a half an hour conversation between myself and Greg Bim about wrestling. And he totally gets it. So as much as you get the rolled eyes from people, it also opens doors that you never expect are going to get opened
0: yeah no it's great stuff and that's yeah everyone's you know <laughs> everybody could say well, more, more more times than not if you've seen wrestling before you have some sort of passion for it and, and we grew up obviously in an era because we're, we're similarly aged where almost everybody has some sort of thing so when they tell me oh you're a wrestling fan now I I sort of imagine and then it always like you said it never leads up like oh is, is Stone Cold still around or like oh is yeah. you know it's like oh you know you like it like stop trying to act like you're bigger and better than this it's for wrestling and you love it and it's great and you should come to these shows but everybody should come May 11th Friday May 11th uh, Marian Catholic high school chicago heights warrior wrestling as we mentioned before uh tickets 25 dollars for general admission that's bleacher seats also 75 for first row ringside seats are some other price structures in between that as well uh bell time 7 30 on may 11th as we said doors opening to the public at 6 30 and the vip fan fest uh taking place between 5 45 and uh, seven fifteen. uh we did not mention that what what's going on in that vip fan fest and why should people uh, of course buy the tickets for that
1: uh, oh, great! Thanks for the question. Um, it is the place to meet all the top stars. So, Alberto, Ricardo, Hornswoggle, Ellsworth, uh, Seidel, Swagger—they will only be in the Fan Fest. And so, if you want to meet them, get autographs, buy merch, take pictures with them, and all that's included in the Fan Fest ticket price. So, it's twenty bucks for the Fan Fest. You pay your twenty bucks, pictures, autographs with everybody. Um, and so, the top stars are only in the Fan Fest. Some of the other stars might be doing merch and things over intermission during the regular show, but top guys are fanfest only. And I've been blown away. We've already sold out half the capacity for the fan fest. We sold like 125 tickets just for fan fest already, in addition to the show tickets we've sold. So people are excited to come out and meet the wrestlers. We're also doing a QA during fanfest. Two of them actually Rich Brennan from uh, WWE NXT and SmackDown, the play by play announcer. He's our play by play announcer for Warrior Wrestling. We're going to record it, chop it up and distribute it online afterwards. So Rich Brennan's doing our play-by-play. He's going to do a Q&A in the Fan Fest about life in WWE and life as an announcer in WWE. Same thing for David Lagana. If you know David as a writer from WWF or WWE, Ring of Honor, and Impact, and now the NWA, he co-runs that with Billy Corgan, Lagana will be doing a Q&A at the Fan Fest as well. So if you want to meet David, ask him about his time as a writer, ask him about the NWA and the regrowth of that brand with him and Billy Corgan and Nick Aldis, he'll be there doing a Q&A as well. Uh, Nick Houseman from WrestleZone will be there hosting the Q&A with, with Rich Brennan. We'll have a variety of podcasts there recording live in the FanFest. So there's a whole lot going on. If you're a wrestling fan, want to meet the big-name guys, want to go to some of these other experiences, buy the ticket, get there early. It'll be worth it.
0: I'm glad you mentioned as well that it'll be available uh, online as well afterwards. at warrior. I, I believe there'll be a warriorwrestling.net, I'm assuming. Uh, the, the video will be yeah. distributed.
1: Uh, We're talking about chopping it up and putting it on YouTube like Major League Wrestling has done. Um, We might end up going with one of the services. Uh, We haven't solidified it yet, but it will definitely be on warriorwrestling.net and then other places as well
0: okay great so if you're not local to the chicago area the chicago heights area you are good to go you will be able to see the show afterwards a uh, quick rundown of the card once again space monkey and shane saber versus mark wheeler and kobe durst uh diana perazu versus chelsea green nwa heavyweight champion nick aldis uh versus sam adonis and of course as you mentioned nwa Dave lagan is a great talk as well so if you could find him and corner him and talk to him Dave lagan is awesome and he'll talk your head off as well so that'll be pretty fun uh, robbie e uh and ohio versus everything versus pat Modix uh matt nix and stevie fierce who you mentioned as well earlier and people that you know local. Chicago might know uh, Stevie Fierce if you go to freelance wrestling. If you don't, Stevie Fierce is awesome. He's definitely one of the budding young stars uh, in pro wrestling. Tessa Blanchard and Santana Garrett. Moose, Brian Cage. James Ellsworth versus uh, the former formerly known as Hornswaggle with Frank the Clown as the special guest referee. El Helio D Dos Caras versus El Helio D Fantasma. Ray Phoenix, Penta El Zero. Uh, Matt Seidel, DJ Z, and then the main event, Alberto El Patron with Ricardo Rodriguez versus uh, the artist formerly known as Jack Swagger, of course. And uh, one last last thing and i'll kind of let you have the floor to give your last little plug here but you had mentioned uh you know in in, on on twitter and there was an article in the daily south town a local paper here that that you know the production of the show you know this is it's going to be an indie show it's going to be you know independent but you're looking to have this thing be a pretty big production this isn't just going to be a ring and a bunch of spotlights like you're going to try to go the whole nine yards correct
1: That's correct. We are blessed. Uh, We've got a couple of alumni from Marion who work for a great company called Upstaging, which actually does WWE's top level. They built the WrestleMania stage. They did stage and lights and sound for WrestleMania. And um, we've got a couple alumni in the company who are going to be working with us to bring some top level toys down to Marion Catholic in Chicago Heights. So we don't know what it's going to look like exactly yet. We're meeting later this week to walk it all out. But we want it to look, it's not going to be WWE, of course, but We want it to look like an experience, and that comes back to the thing we said earlier. If you're going to do it, do it well, and we want the production to kick butt.
0: So WarriorWrestling.net, of course, where you get your tickets. you look for it uh, later on YouTube. When it's all chopped up, Friday, May 11th, Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights, WarriorWrestling.net once again. All right, Steve, I'm going to let you have the floor here for your final little pitch before we go. Why should I, prospective buyer in the Chicago (laughs) area, go see Warrior Wrestling on Friday, May 11th?
1: Well, as I've been telling people, if there's something, if, if you can't find something on this card that you don't love, you don't love wrestling. We've got the Lucha Libre match, the Big Guy match, the Indie Dream match. I mean, I want to take a minute on that. Pentagon versus Phoenix, New Impact Champion Pentagon versus Phoenix versus DJZ versus Matt Seidel. That's going to melt your face. If you're an Indie wrestling fan and you don't want to see that match, check your Indie wrestling fan card. You've got the WWE main event, Alberto and Ricardo versus Swagger. The NWA title is going to be on the line. All this is going to defend it against Sam Adonis. And he's somebody we haven't mentioned yet. If you don't know who Sam Adonis is, he's the brother of Corey Graves. He is a top-notch heel in CMLL. Incredible character, super entertaining. Uh, He puts on a great match. And he's not been in Chicago, really. So if you've never seen Sam in person, this is your time to see him in person we got the two best women's matches we could book outside of WWE. We've got the fun match. I mean, Hornswoggle, Ellsworth, and Frank the Clown. That's going to be a spectacle. That alone is worth your ticket price just to see what the heck is going to happen. So if you can't find something on this card that you love, you don't love wrestling. There's something there for everybody. And so if if you're on the fence still, you're like, "I I don't know. Every dollar goes to help a student get a great education. These are kids from the area who have financial difficulty getting a great education. And every dollar that you spend on your ticket, your beer, your pizza is going to a kid. So there's no reason not to get off your butt and get to Marian Catholic on Friday, May 11.
0: WarriorWrestling.net once again to purchase tickets friday may 11th as we said marion catholic high school in chicago heights steve best of luck on the show i will be there i cannot wait and uh yeah best of luck and let's hope this is the first of uh, many shows coming up here uh, for warrior wrestling but thank you for joining us and, and we really do appreciate it
1: rich thank you so much for having me i greatly appreciate you promoting the show and i'll see you in a couple weeks sir
0: interviews analysis music and in me Matt
1: Kuhn on total engagement go to any podcast platforms you to listen today.